Welcome to Quick Shots, a short format traditional archery podcast, where we introduce you to some of the world's most influential traditional archers, and occasionally, some random dudes. Help keep this content ad-free by supporting us on patreon.com slash archerygeek. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, archerypass.com, for all your traditional archery needs. just want to make one thing clear that right at the beginning i want this in the recording yeah you make a speech at the beginning about influential people and yeah. random dudes yeah i'm not the fucking random dude <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like shit i'm the fucking random dude <laughs> there it is the one he's been thinking about that's me right <laughs> he set me up <laughs> it's just funny it's just funny <laughs> No one's random. I love everyone. I love every single person that's on this. <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome back to Quick Shots. I'm your host, Mick Chambers. I'm here with Ian Edwards from the UK. Ian, welcome to the show, man. Cool, cool. Good to be here. Dude, from uh, London. In London. There you go. So yeah. we'll be more specific. We're going to narrow her down. Uh, you recently moved to London, though, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're just in between homes. We sold our home in Devon, which is the southwest of England. Mm -hmm. And now we're buying a country home just outside of London. Um, so yeah, we're in between at the moment. So it's a bit, a little bit weird. Um, look, I, it's, so it's, I, it's city living. It's city living. It's kind of cool for a short yeah. period of time, but then after a while, it gets tiring. Um, but what I've done though is uh, archery um, related. I've joined the London Archery Club, and we shoot in Kensington Palace Garden. That's, How cool is that? Yeah, that is right? super cool. Super cool, man. I want to see pictures of that. You don't, when you're shooting, you don't take a ton of pictures. I would love to see that uh, venue. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to remind my our listeners, um, as usual with everyone from the UK, I will have subtitles. Uh, so when you can't understand something, or I'll do my best to translate as we go along into uh, English. Uh. Yeah. Hello there. Oh, how are you doing, Ochant? Hey, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I got you at tea time. So this is a little, we're doing this interview a little bit earlier than we normally do uh, during the day because, of course, Ian's over in England. Um, but that's great, man. I, I love having the international guests on. And uh, and as you said, you're you're not one of the random dudes. You are you are. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm the fucking random dude. You know I am. <laughs> you you are up. a significant dude, man. I just everyone's got to keep listening because you got some you, I, honestly you're a cool dude you got cool shit going on i love it i love it so so um 
Well, let's talk a little bit about it. So before we even, so we're getting to archery, we're getting to archery, but uh, the hat that you're wearing, if if people are listening, it's got his, uh, his, his, that's your sort of your brand now, isn't it? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. My logo on it. Yeah. This one is called, um, it symbolizes born of fire, self-realization through uh, suffering. Yeah. Some amazing, you do amazing sculptures. You're just an amazing, uh, talented person. Let's, can we talk a little bit about your, uh, about your 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 full time job and, and yeah, yeah, before yeah. getting to archery, what, what are you actually good at? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So look, I've always been a sculptor from sixteen years old. I left school, I went straight into an old fashioned apprenticeship in early sixteenth century to late eighteenth century ornamental carving. Which while I was there, I just fell in love with form. But then I managed to um, compress my apprenticeship down to four days by working from eight in the morning till six in the evening, which then gave me uh, Friday and a Saturday to study figurative sculpture. And I just fell in love with figurative sculpture, you know, like Rodin, Michelangelo, that type of thing, classical sculpture. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. And then, um, yeah, I did, I did my apprenticeship. Um, as soon as I could, I left, got my own studio. That was my mom and dad's. Uh, they had a carport. I put a couple of doors on it, put a ceiling on it got some wiring in there, lights, and yeah, that was my studio to start off with, and yeah, it's just been really, really cool. Um, I sell a lot of work in the States. The States is really good to me. Um, yeah. Florida area, um, Naples, Palm Beach, Miami, that's brilliant. Um, my plan at the moment now is that we'll spend our winters in Florida each year. Um, we have a major exhibition again in Miami end of this year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So love to America. Keep buying those pieces. <laughs> so, Hey, yeah. And, and we have a lot of good shooters out. A lot of great trad stuff happens in Florida. So, I mean, there's right. a, a great state championship. Uh, uh, Lee is out there. Uh, Wilkins, you know, Lee, I'd hit that at Lancaster. I don't know if you saw, you saw that, but Lee's, Lee's a, a, a phenomenal shooter out there. Right. Um, represents the state of Florida really well. And uh, yeah, so go out there, bring your bow with you or oh, maybe just... Definitely. Okay, cool. Definitely. No, no, this time around. Um, I, I travel almost everywhere with a bow now. Like this weekend we go to Munich and I'm taking the bow and I'm linking up. And that's the cool thing with the trad world. Everyone's yeah. so friendly. Yeah. And you just mention you're going somewhere and everyone's really cool for you to hang out. And it's just, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, so I know we're dipping into archery too. Like, that's good. So we can bounce back and forth but really really go follow ian he's got an amazing uh instagram and and uh the work that you do and you do share that you share sort of a little bit of the creative process which i think is fan freaking tastic dude i i i i absorb everything that you put online um just because i have none of that skill like i could i can't even imagine having that that level of uh artistic ability uh but it, it stuff is beautiful your stuff's beautiful. That one you're doing right now where you're kind of like the face is coming out of the the block. Yeah, so that's that's that one. Yeah, that one's a miniature from a cat. I want to do that at eight feet tall. So it'll end up being like this huge block of mass of rock and this yeah. really primal matter with this beautiful female face emerging from it. That's the um that's the idea behind that piece. Super yeah. excited about that. Um yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. And you and you like you say, you really do follow me. That that is really nice. And um, 
respect to and you. I, and I call it, and just so everybody knows, I call you coach. Because I hit you for information and you always come back with loads of information. It's so cool. I, but I, I just, yeah, man, I'm a huge fan of yours, man. And, and I, I'm a little embarrassed uh, that, you know, like some of your sculptures are these just really beautiful, you know, um, uh, figures of, of, of men and women and stuff like that. It's just, I, I feel like you're using me as the model too, probably um, with my physique. It's probably, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very flattering. It's very flattering. Always. Uh, no, but I, I use the, I use the human form to um, to capture the symbolic meaning behind the piece. That's what I'm always looking to do. So I, I write first. I write poetry around the work, the meaning behind it. I do all of this first, and then because I guess I've always sculpted, my mind then starts to visualize and see the piece come into life, and then I start sculpting it and try to capture that that meaning and the uh, symbolism behind it. Um, yeah, and, and I'm, look, I'm super fortunate. I do that and I shoot a boat. Yeah. What else is there? Right? What so, else is there? <laughs> I don't know, and you travel a lot too, which is awesome. Hey, so, so let's talk about that. So how does a creative like you get into archery that is, how, how do you, is, is, is archery mechanical? Is it creative? You know, what it is, how did you get into archery? Like what was the okay so look i first got the compound okay all right um and a friend of mine said to me look get this compound you're gonna love it they're so amazing and look and he's more like an engineer and that's what he connected with right. and i shot it for a bit and i you're like yeah i liked it kind of and then i find i wasn't shooting it and he's like you shot it this you know this month right this month yeah kind of and then I think I was following you or one of the YouTube stuff and I saw some cool stuff <laughs> and I thought I want to have a go with just to recap just to feel it one time and yeah. that was it I just picked it up and I got the bow the my first um recurve around about the beginning of lockdown I just remember it was in that period we had really cool weather in England yeah. on the first lockdown um I got two older boys two sons they came back, one was in Thailand, got him back because obviously everything was locking down. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, what do we do? Well, I'll tell you what we do. We bought ourselves a 3D white towel. Yeah. And we just fucking hit the shit out of I that. Remember. I remember. Every, every I, night, every I night. That was like, that was so cool. Um, Would you yeah, call it, it the was, world championship or something like that? Remember you? Oh, yeah, we held, yeah, we held the world championships at least four times. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. by inv invitation that. only. <laughs> you and yeah, I've never left my garden. Um, <laughs> but no, but you know what? I fell in love with it coming off the fingers, that whole feel. Yeah. Because the compound for me was too removed. Hmm. And because the artwork's all about feel, is all about um, being quiet enough to hear yourself, right? to create something, which for me is like something wants to say something through me, right? That's a creative process. Yeah. It, it evolves. It's almost like it evolves to me, like it evolves for others when they see it. You know, it just comes out. And the same with the bow, that when you're quiet enough, because the subconscious runs the shot, right? Mm. And if you your own head gets in, way, in the way, you get this thing, you know, the fucking the yips, right? <laughs> you yeah, get yeah, that yeah. Old, 
Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I know all about right? what, yeah. what just happened there? But when you're <laughs> quiet enough in yourself, like with sculpture, this thing almost shoots itself. It's a when you when it's when you're in that real flow state. Yeah, and that's what I'm in love with. Yeah. I'm absolutely in love with that. And that is the same for me in sculpting. Mm. And I go back to the sculpting. People ask, oh, when did you realize you wanted to be a sculptor? I was seven years old, mm -hmm. uh, preschool, um, like, and you do massing English in the morning and then making things in the afternoon, right? And I remember once we'd done all that stuff, we'd have these little benches. And as we were making, I'd go into this state of just absolute bliss where it's just me and the work. And now we, we have terms for it, it's flow. Mm. But as a kid, and I fell in love with that and I just kept seeking for that. So anything which gives me a flow state, I love it. And I found the bow, the bow gives it to me, the bow. And that's why I like to compete because there is an intensity with competing, which gets me in that place. If I just go to the club, yes, yeah, sometimes I can find flow, but the problem is I'm too, it doesn't matter. What does it matter whether I hit the, the 3D or not? Not so much. But when you're under a little bit of pressure from the competition, then it generates. And then before I know what's happened, it's just the beautiful thing starts to happen. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. So that, that's it for me. There you go. Um, that's, oh, that's, that's why. I, yeah, that, that's it for me. That's why I do it. That's why I love it. Um, but now I've become obsessed. I shoot every day now. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you do, you do. You, I mean, you do ping me, and and I love it. I love when you hit me up and and to say, hey, what are you doing? What's this guy doing? How's this going? And you yeah. know, you're you're starting to become a student of the uh, of the art as well, um, where you're getting in a lot yeah. of like, hey, wh what what's going on here, and 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 how should I be doing this? So, I love that explanation of flow. Um, so I've never heard it quite that way. Um, I guess being in the zone sort of you know zone, same same words yes yeah. same, same thing. thing yeah 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 being in that zone and, and i'm chasing that anything which brings that zone place i used to race bikes same oh, thing oh okay. you know because when you're on the edge yeah your world's that big right do, yeah. you, do you know what i mean and it's a little bit the same i go to the 3d comp and there's just i'm there there's nothing else I don't yeah. think of it's amazing how you're putting these two together because that's what I started off the, the interview with was like how does an artist you know how does an artist get into like competitive archery because it just seems like polar opposites to me but now the way you connected it with being in the zone you know doing your artistic uh creative process and then doing this you know doing archery and being competitive and having to get into that same zone that same that same mindset if you will um yeah it's starting to make a little bit more sense to me actually that helped mm. me out a lot that's helping me out a lot as i'm thinking about this um, yeah and, I, and i've watched like same with art because for me to create my best art i've got to be in that place mm -hmm. so it's how you set that up so my my job is set myself up so i can get to that place to create my best work right yeah. that's that's the work you know so you create enough space around yourself, no distractions, enough focus, enough tension that you, that you get there. And it's the same with the bow. You know, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, oh, right, okay. So, and I, I'm, I do a breathing thing where I do um, 
I focus on my breath for meditation. That's one of my things which I do in the day. So I, I meditate in the day. So I just focus on the breath. And when my mind wanders off, I come back to the breath. And I breathe through my nose. And that um, centers me. And I do the same breath. I do two of those before I draw the bow. And on the last draw, I do my third breath in. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it connects me back to that state, to that place. Yeah. So that I'm not too much... Um, you know, so you know, you're not too much in your head going, gotta hit that spot, gotta hit that spot, you know, which you as you know just completely fucks you up, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, then then you become like you're gonna do everything but hit that spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you let it you get the yips, or you just let it go before it even gets to that yeah. stuff like that. The, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. see the spot and and the mind goes, Go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, there's a um, lot of coach a lot of coaches tell you, you know, like you gotta get to anchor and you know, if you you start to pre um if you start to 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 pre-aim uh it, it usually messes up your shot or it messes with your mind you get target panic so um yeah being able to zone yourself into a spot and just go hey i got to go through my pr-. you're actually talking about a process you're talking about your shot process right you know so yeah. we kind of moved on to hey what is your shot process so keep expanding upon that so start from the very beginning you're you're a competitor you come up to it and you're competing in 3d right it's just 3d yeah. are you doing field or yeah. anything like that out there no just just 3d for me I, I'm, I'm in love with 3d because i love being in the woods that's the other thing which is a real connection for me yeah. look the, the club which i shoot the london archers that's on a flat field mm-hmm. and it's just training you know i'm just running through my shots and just train whatever i need to train but this is boring as shit. I'm not interested in that at all. I, I, I want to be in the woods. I want to be walking around, having the whole of nature. Mm. And um, 3Ds is it for me completely. Um, yes, yeah, so, so if I give you a little bit of a history, I I started off, you know, obviously everything on YouTube. I would just was sucking it all up and just learning one who's who, who knows what they're talking about, who doesn't. Yeah. where the good information's coming from, found you guys, pushed, all of that. You know, and then you start to see there's a there's a little gang of guys who really know what they're talking about and putting out some good content. So I started to follow that um, and put my shot together from that. So, because I've never been coached or taught how to shoot because mm-hmm. we did everything from the garden, right? It was lockdown. Um, but I was, you know, I, I would find this, this good anchor underneath my chin and so on. Um, which worked well. I, I, you know, an alignment was good and I could shoot off the bat. I could shoot pretty clean lines mm-hmm. um, and then start to learn about the equipment. But then I went to, I competed them for, I've not been competing very long, like five months, four or five months, right? Yeah. Really early days. And then I, I went to the nationals. So I competed like three or four times. I won everything I went to. So as soon as I started, I just won everything locally. I didn't lose. Then I went to the nationals and got my ass handed to me, right? <laughs> there was a different level of shooters. Good there, level, right? yeah. Yeah, Good right. And so these guys shoot internationally. They're like some of them, like, you know, in the world archery, they're in the top five and so on. So they can shoot, right? Yeah. But they shot different. You know, they didn't anchor down here. They anchored so high on their face and they had their arrows just underneath their eye. Yeah. And I'm like, why is no one showing that to me? And then I remember messaging you, like, how do I get up there? How do I get up there? And you said, well, you know, come maybe a bit higher, put this one in your tooth a bit higher, and, and I'm playing with it, and I'm smashing my arm, I'm catching my nose, I'm ripping bits off of my face. Because <laughs> your alignment's really awkward, and as your shoulder comes up, it doesn't feel right. 
But in the end, I managed to settle it down. And, and now I do this weird thing, which you take the mick out of me about. But I put my thumb up like this because yeah. um, my thumb just gets in the way. Yeah. But what that allows me to do is to get a really nice high anchor. Um, and that's my shot process. I come back, but because it's not a very natural place to be, I, I literally almost draw with my arm to get myself back into this high anchor. Yeah. And then I swing the back. Then it comes around you come to get the alignment. Yeah. So it it is very much a stage one, draw back, just get it where I want it. And then it comes back around. And as it comes back around, then it then lines up. But it really has to be a real conscious alignment because it's a bit high. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a great, I'm sure it's not a great place for your shoulder to be. Right. Um, right. you know to be so high up but the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm not shooting barebow um, and obviously you guys can string walk and therefore right. you can keep a nice strong lower lower hold yeah. um, so because I'm, I'm shooting what we call a traditional class or instinctive class but it's not instinctive um, hence why the arrow is right up underneath your eye um, yeah. Yeah. it's uh it means you can't string walk. So yeah, so that's what I do. I come up underneath, but it's the shot process is as I get myself back in and then I lock in round. And then for me, then I, I'm looking, I, I do close one eye. I'm okay. going to train myself to keep both eyes open. I'm doing after the next. Are you? Okay. I'm at the, yeah, I'm at yeah. the same. I, well, I've been in the last, we just shot this weekend, this uh, tournament this weekend, and I was both eyes open and I was, I was shooting quite well. So I'm going to keep both eyes open from now on. It just, you get more sensory perception, right? You just have, you, you're pulling everything in. And when you do this, this kind of goes, narrows down. So anyway, yeah. keep going, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. So exactly the same thing. So I'm, but the biggest thing for me is in my shot process, it's, it's the same old stuff, right? Line my feet up. Yep. I run through a checklist, yep. line my feet up. I, I get my hook, I make sure it's a nice deep hook the way I want it. Okay. Then I pull slightly, which that that pull every time, adjust my bow arm, my bow hand okay. in the way I want it. Right. I, I run a, um, not a finger sling, I just come off of a, like little piece of string around my wrist and then on my finger. Yep. And then I, I've literally, I'm still running the same riser, which we bought from the local uh, bow shop, which was like 90 pounds, $90. Mm -hmm really cheap riser but i took a grinder to that and ground all the rest away yeah. so my hand sits right up by the um by the arrow by the so arrow. when i when i hold i'm holding like this mm -hmm. with the top knuckle really high and i've just ground all the riser away so that my hand fits into it nicely mm -hmm. um and then i've ground a little hole so my finger always hits the same spot so i've oh. just put a little hole so that every time oh, i can nice. so you indicators you have indicators on yeah, your yeah little indicators all over it yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, plus, I added some car body filler to make sure it sits down my lifeline, so I'm palming away nicely. You got that? Um, Where is that? Where is that bow? You want to Sorry. see the Frankenstein? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, dude, the, people are going to be like, "Well, show me that. I want to see what he's talking about," because I think it's yeah. So it's it's an ugly as hell. So mm. this is the area where I've, I, I ground away to leave myself nice. with a very small shelf. Can you see how narrow the shelf yes. is to the left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ground it back to the uh, hand here. Then you've got all car body filler through here to Beautiful. bring it across to shape my hand. Here's my indicator for my front. So I'm like this. 
I come over the top. Oh, bring like it out a little bit. Bring it a little bit more. Sorry, this yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. That looks so good. I'm running with my knuckles right up past the top of my fletchings, although yeah. the arrow. Yeah. Yeah. That is. It's cool. a very, cool. it's a very, very light, but it's. I'm just palming it away from myself. Um, yeah. So that, that's it, and then the, the paint job on it. It was just us a bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Cool. So I've done I've done everything with this, but I'm just shooting off the shelf because I want to shoot in a traditional class. Yeah. I'm waiting for my um, my custom made riser to arrive. That arrives next week. I had one made by Border Border Bows. Yeah. Um, they make really really good risers. Your guy, the American, who's number one seed at the moment in world archery for 3D. He right he uses the Border. All the a lot of the Europeans and the English guys will use the border riser. Um, it's cool. It's cool because they custom make it to you. They put weights inside it for you. Who's that? That's number one in three D, a traditional. Do you know who it is? Do you know? Yeah, Ken. Ken or whatever his name is. Ken. Oh, is it Ken yeah. Rainus? Is it Ken Rainus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's seated number one in world archery at the moment. Yeah. I didn't. If you have a look on world archery, you can see what seed he is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, he's. Yeah. Yeah. But he came second last year, didn't he? He came second, yeah. sorry, in the last Worlds. Um, okay. But good luck to him when he comes over to Europe. Um, that's in this week, right? This week is this week is Italy, the World Archery. World Archery? This week? No, it's uh, September the... Is it September? Yeah, it is September. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. Se September the... I think September the, the 10th. 10th yeah. for 11th yeah it kicks off from that. yeah yeah Turin, Turin, Turin in italy i might go over see how we are it's yeah if i can i'm going to go over and have a have a look um yeah, yeah. i That'd shot i shot with the the guys from the british team last weekend um sorry not last weekend the weekend before um yeah that's fun so, that's, that's awesome man you've getting a lot of good exposure um, and, and, and shooting with, uh, some really good, good people over there. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to go. So, so the bow you're shooting, so you're waiting on border and you're, you're saying you're waiting on a border. Tell us about that. So why are you changing out your riser if you're having success or you're doing pretty good with this one? Okay. So to be able to shoot in traditional class, it can't right. be a metal riser. Simple as oh, that. Right. Right. That, that's, so that's the reason. Um, Look, it's really early days for me. So the the border riser is is the correct riser to shoot in that that class. Uh, but I've also ordered myself a custom uh, flat bow, which I'm having made to world yeah. archery um, specs as well. Right. Um, yeah. And, I, and again, I'll see which one I like most. Yeah. It's, like I said, such early days. Play with both of them. See which one. Uh, Who's your boyer? Me. Who's the boyer for the, the your flat bow? That's uh, Roger. Oh, What's the name of the company? Name? What was the name of the company? You're uh, just, no, you're just, I, I can have a look. Yeah, okay. Roger that, that, Massey. Roger Massey. And I think yeah. it was black something. Black. And it's a Zenith bow. It's a nice. flat bow. Zenith. Zenith yeah. bow. I should know these things. And that, uh, really no, nice hey, you know, I put Roger, you on the spot Roger a little Massey bit. And then... He's a really nice guy. He doesn't make many bows. Makes probably about um, twelve a year. Wow. Okay. That's all he makes. Twelve a year. Um, he's he has something. He also does wooden arrows. Incredible with them. He's he holds the um, he's a national champion as well with flat bow at the moment in in England. 
he went up to Europe for the bow hunter challenge. First time over, came second. He can shoot a flat bow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. for people who don't know what a flat bow is, that we call that uh, our longbow class here. In, uh, in yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously yeah. not. When you speak to an Englishman, that uh, you won't say longbow. <laughs> no, well, totally different. I, I get, well, I get told off all the time. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a, a longbow is that longbow. Shit. Long have you ever bow. shot one of those? Have you ever shot a real longbow? No, no. But you know, I I did have originally. I had like one of my first interviews, like. How many I've done like a hundred now, but I mean, there's like, like the fourth person or fifth person on shot a traditional English longbow and just seeing those guys, the way they shoot, I'm just like, nope, that's not for me, man. That is like, right. I'm too old for that. My back's not going to handle that. Yeah. Right. The, the hand shock is incredible. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. But, but you go around to some of the comps, some of those guys, this old traditional longbow, because obviously there's no shelf, so they're shooting off the hand, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, with a wooden arrow, some of them, they can shoot. I mean, like, yeah. how are you doing that? Seriously. And then they all shoot high poundage, too. They're all yeah. like 60 pounds, but they just go, whoop, and just let it go. It's always like, yeah, there's no anchor. shooting. Yeah, yeah, snap type shooting. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't fancy that. Plus, it doesn't travel. Um, but the the flat bow or the the long bow, the American flat bow, that travels in the sense you can get it in two pieces, and is recognised in the states. So when I come over to Florida, yeah, you know, I can chase you guys around, um, <laughs> and then uh, when I'm in Europe as well. So it's it's in world archery where the the English long bow is not. It's only recognised really here. Yeah, no, that but. I, you guys are you guys do an amazing job um with archery too i mean in terms of the longbow i i i dig it i think those guys that are shooting um e, uh, elbs english longbows i think that they're fantastic i think that that's a great, that's a great history to, to maintain you know so um i saw i actually recently saw um <clears throat> a reason why english longbows are english longbows and why they didn't do laminations and why they didn't do, you know, a bunch of different things, recurves and stuff. Anyway, there was a good, there was a good article. Maybe I'll link it to it in this, in this, but uh, on why, 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 why? Because a lot of people are like, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just laminate a bow? Why wouldn't they put a recurve in it? And it was just difficult at the time, the weather in England and stuff like that, to make a long story short, the glue that they use for laminations didn't then at that time didn't hold up anyway anywho i'm off i'm off topic um so give us a give us a little bit of uh advice for someone who's starting off in archery and um how can they get better what's what's the secret sauce what's one piece of advice you'd give someone well, in archery? so if i was starting again now you know like speaking to myself yeah yeah i see it's, it's first of all buddy just play with your boat right enjoy it just enjoy it um but very quickly because i see this target panic it fucks up more people than anything else right I, I go to the shoot literally because we you know we shoot in in fours as you go around you know you yeah. they put you in the fours it's three d's as you go around and like within seconds i'll look around and go you got it you've got it oh no you, you that's awful you you've really got it bad because you know it's it gets in you and then the problem is their game enjoyment goes down because of it because it gets in their head right yeah. so the one thing i would say is i would spend time on being aware of how that comes about in yourself 
just so that you doesn't ruin your enjoyment of the sport. It doesn't matter how fucking good you shoot at the end of the day anyway. Who cares, right? Yeah. You're only here. We're only here to enjoy ourselves, right? So, um, but what I've seen time and time again is that that's the one thing which destroys people's fun. You know, really cool guys at the club, and you just see that it's they're riddled with it, and the whole thing then is no longer a laugh. So that would be the one thing I'd just say: guard yourself against it. And the, the quickest way to guard yourself against it is to be aware of how it comes about. So basically you know uh what is it um you know you, you don't treat the uh illness you mm. treat where it comes yeah. from you yeah, know yeah. because now everyone's shooting sear systems and and so on and i'm hearing all that on the push yeah well that's because the horse is already bolted right you've yeah. got to now you've got it you've got to shoot you've got a sear system you've got the choice yeah. um so i would i would say to them look it comes you know educate yourself how that comes about okay and that would be the one thing. After that, do whatever you fucking like. Just enjoy it, right? Just go around, you know, uh, play with your form, play with it. Um, that, but that's the biggest one. And uh, But form and target panic, I think, are related. Okay. I've watched the two are related. So I'd say get your form, understand what's good form and what's not for you. And I would say good form is... Is basically that alignment because of that nice strong hold where you're really really comfortable, but then understand how you shoot in the sense of shot process. Get that really clear. And there's so many good videos out there um, now. It's just that's a cool thing for someone like me. I could jump on the back of all of the great content content where you guys are putting out, right? And the fact that I could even reach out to you and you would just message me back at first and say. He's messaging me back. Look at this. This is so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I think some people or other people are surprised too. Like if someone wants to message me, I just if, ask me questions. I got time. Archery is something that I, is my life, not my hobby. So yeah, you know, I have no problem. And Ian, you've been so amazing too. And just watching you um, shoot and just enjoy, like. I, it's it's a it's a hoot if you go back in in your Instagram and you watch you and your kids, you know, shooting the world championship and stuff like that. I just that's yeah. like that's archery. That's that to me is family. That's archery. That's yeah. like having fun and that's great advice. I mean, get just enjoy. But you know what's so cool as well? The funny thing for me, like my own little journey, we had that three D in the garden and we had a laugh and we obviously done the world championships, right? Mm. Um, I didn't always win, but you know, I was there. I was there, I was at the world championships, right? And then I decided in May that I was gonna compete. And then last weekend, I shot qualifying rounds of ever shoot for Great Britain. I'm like, whoa, how cool is that? It's fantastic, you know? yeah. So, um, I obviously won't shoot in this world championships. You know, I, I didn't qualify early enough, but what I'm saying is my scores now are where they need to be. Okay. Um, it was 400 and something, 403, and I'm shooting 444. Um, so I'm well within it. Um, that was so cool. I was like, look at that. How, how great is that? And I, and, I, and I will do it. I'll do it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot in the uh, Europeans because they come around first because it's every other year, the Worlds. Um, and then... Yeah, you know, it's a little adventure, right? A little adventure. 
it is an adventure i mean it's great to great to hear you say that i mean not everyone you 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 obviously have skill um we don't not everyone has that that skill or that or even that mental game you have a very strong mental game it sounds like as well so um and that's that's half the battle and just having fun and 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 and, and victory over that mental game so you're doing a good yeah job, yeah, yeah. and shit job. talk i've got great shit talk yeah, that's yeah. Cool. you know you shoot with me and my four i will destroy you mentally <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't wait till we shoot together. I okay, come on over. Car, come on. I'll, I'll I'll go down to Florida, um, and then when you're when you're in town, and then I'll, I'll meet. We'll we'll set up with Lee, and we'll we'll uh, we'll oh, definitely. Yeah, um, I I had Ken uh, Davis uh, say to me one time when I was out on the course. He he looked at my boat. He this is the best shit talk ever. This was so good. This was so good. Mm -hmm. So I'm shooting, and I'm doing pretty good. I, I think I would. I was like 10, 10, 10. And then I'm waiting to do, I'm waiting to get up there. We're in a group of four and I got my bow out and it's, uh, and he, he just walks over to my bow and he, he walks over to me. He looks down at my bow. He's like, huh, that's different. And then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> just enough. He's just dropped it in there. Dude, dude, I was like, uh, so that I shoot my shot, I shoot my shot. Uh, it might have even been a five, but my my mind was out of the game already. It was like I didn't even. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What did you do? I go. What was what was it with my boy? He goes. No, nah, I just I'm just messing with you, dude. I'm just, just yeah, yeah, just playing with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love that. I love all of that. that. That for me as well is the fun in the woods, you know, and just just walking around with the guys and just having that guys talk. It's just perfect. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's really it is a lot of fun. And you guys, Englishmen, are pretty good about that stuff, right? You don't get too violent uh, or upset. No, 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 probably. No, no. I don't. Know. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, where, where, where can people contact you so that they can ask you questions and leave me alone? Instagram's the easiest place to find me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You so get Ian Edwards, Ian Edwards sculptor. Um, yeah, best place to find me. Just message me. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, and I'll ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. But then exactly. message me, and then I'll make sure that he messages back. Or just, right. This is not going to get on air. Um, <laughs> hey, really appreciate you being here. Um, for those of the guys that stuck around, um, check out my sponsor. I've got to tell them about my setup. Oh, um, Man, we kind of talked about it. We kind of talked about it, but okay, oh, yeah, no, let's go. No, no, Sorry. I've got to tell them about it. Yeah, yeah. This is... Uh, Sorry. Like I've been memor I've been memorizing this stuff. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning. Sorry, I, I, we talked right. about it at the beginning. I thought, all right, we already did that portion of my thing. Yeah. All right, let's go through. Yeah, yeah. Me and you, yeah, me and you chat, didn't we? Maybe we covered it. But one of the things I've done, yeah, and again was the advice from you guys, was I shoot this arrow, which you advised me to get it, which is the uh, Victory 3D HV. Yeah, but it's a 260 grain arrow. And I shoot it out of a 47 pound bow at a 29 and a half inch draw length. So I'm shooting at 240 feet per second. That's crazy. And that helps for 3D. You know, if you're competitive because the flatness of the trajectory, obviously uh, that sort of speed. And, and that's one thing that I've, I've played with my technique to be able to shoot what I call like a, a really twitchy, like a Lamborghini type arrow. Yeah. You, know, you get the release 
really, really clean so that you can have the advantage of your ups and downs not being so sensitive because it's it's such a flat flying arrow. Um, and that, yeah. that's a little bit unique to me. There's very few people like me who shoot that that type of poundage with such a light arrow. Um, and I'm able to get away with it at the moment because I'm shooting the, the uh, these ones, Yuka, um, what are they? They're the XS. Yeah, and they can, they can handle it. They, they, they can handle it. Um, because you know, I'm pretty sure I must be into dry firing territory. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you you might be, but you know, if you think about Olympic recurve archers, they're they're in the 50 pound area. So like Brady Ellison uh, here is they're shooting, uh, Yeah, they're 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 using. Uh, I don't know exactly the weight, but it's not too much heavier than, or it might not even be as heavy as that arrow that you're shooting. Just just because you know they're they they have such a good release and 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 they can and that their their bows can handle it, but they're, right. they're in the fifty pound area. But yeah, no one shoots off the shelf forty six pounds or forty seven pounds with such a light arrow. It just it just yeah. usually usually in the hunter class here or the traditional class here, there there's a weight limit for the arrows. You have to have a certain weight limit. Okay, and you have to have X amount of. So on longbow too, there's a, there's a rule you have have to have X amount of length of feathers, too. So really? many, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might want to think about that. Like coming over here and shoot, you can shoot whatever the hell you want. You do whatever you want, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but there is, and that's why you see a lot of longbow guys now shooting four fletch uh, over here. And what that does is that so you just add up all four fletches, and then how how long is that? That's got to be X amount. I don't know all the rules, guys. Okay, put some good idea. Yeah, we'll get comments. People will put it in the comments what that lo actual longbow um, a feather length is. But that's making that arrow stable. You got them four fletchings on there, and you know that's uh... yeah stabilizes it. Yeah. So, but we have the same thing. We have the nationals, you know, English nationals. Yeah. They have their own set of rules. Yep. Then there's archery GB, which runs to um, world archery rules. Yep. And some of this. Actually, it's hard work because you're trying to jump through so many different hoops, and one bow won't do it because one can't be cut, you know, beyond center. Yeah. You can't have an arrow which isn't carbon; it's got to be wooden. It's all different, um, you know, different classes and different rules. Yeah, yeah, but you're, but still, your setup is perfect for you right now. I mean, you're shooting a light arrow out of a, a lot of poundage, and then as you said, you don't have to worry about, you know. You, it's just as long as you aim at that 10 you know you, you might hit the bottom if you're a little if you miss your yardage by a few yards right or you might be at the very top but you're still in that 10 ring uh for 3d so i That's see what you're it. saying 100 yeah. percent what you're saying yeah 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 um That's sorry I didn't, I didn't mean to jump over your equipment i i really didn't yeah, want to hear that is like that was like i'd spent the whole day researching it going yeah what arrows do i shoot again <laughs> no, you didn't you know this shit um <laughs> Uh, so then, and you're shooting Uka limbs. You're shooting um, a 19 inch. Is that a 19 inch riser? How? How? 25 inch riser. 25 inch riser. Yeah, the custom one as well. I've ordered is 25. So they don't have a restriction on in the traditional class for the size of your riser. So 25, I like. Yeah. Really? Okay. So okay. Okay. So border makes a 25 inch ILF riser. Wood wood riser. That's it's cool. not entirely wood. It has it has um, phenolic in it. 
Well, yeah, and, we call that wood still, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they make the 25 inch, yeah, they make a 25 inch one and it's just made for world archery. It's a custom made. Oh, so cool. each person who comes and orders it, they ask you all the spec you want and they make it just for you for, because there's not that many people shooting, you know, world archery at that level who want that type of, that type of riser. Um, so they have their, their main stock which are more like hunting type setups, you know, around your 19 inch. Um, mm. But no, them they make them up to 27 inch. I, I almost went to the 27. Yeah. Partly because I saw what you did, you know, where now you've gone with the 29. Yeah. But I thought I, I'll keep it 25. I kind of, you're I know that fine. area. You're going to be fine. I know that area. Yeah, you, you're absolutely going to be great there. Um, uh, especially shooting in the traditional class. Um, you know what we didn't cover? And I'm gonna so I apologize to anyone that I was like pushing off. We we actually didn't cover your hunting uh background either. Right. Can we right. just talk? Can we yeah, so my bad, dude. So let's talk a little bit about that because that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. So tell us, tell us, give us one of your experiences or a couple of your experiences hunting. Hunting wise. Huh. The truth is I'm a I've been a massive hunter in my life, right? It's not something I advertise either normally. Right? Okay, we don't have to talk about it. If you don't want to talk about it, you're not comfortable. But it's, it's, um, I hunted with dogs, mm -hmm. first of all, for yeah. a huge chunk of my life, um, like five days a week. Yeah. You know, uh, I do everything. I'm obsessed when I do something, I do it yeah, a big yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hunted with dogs, um, mainly, you know, lurchers in England. We have a, a lurcher, you know, a sight hound, a running hound. Um, so I did that, and then I transitioned into the to the compound. I just no, I'm just thinking it's funny, man. I, I I don't know what royal family you're from, but you know we don't we don't run with that one. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, um, those royal deer, um, and that was the reason for getting the compound. I I um, I stepped back from the dogs. Then I got the compound for hunting with, and yeah, you could hunt with. Yeah, I could hunt with a compound, and I did. And I travelled with it for Europe. Um, you're not allowed to hunt with in England with a with a bow, so he's uh, always travelling. It was mainly in Spain, um, but as soon as I crossed over, very very quickly with the with the traditional bow with the you know trad bow, boom, I wanted to hunt with that straight away. Yeah, and I, I've um, I've hunted wild boar um meddled uh stags um mouflon you know mm. they're, they're mountain sheep um uh, roebuck yeah, yeah I've, I've to be honest i've hunted a lot but it's not something which i um yeah i don't advertise it no no no, no. but, but uh, yeah it's, it's been a huge part of my bow journey as well um okay. yeah, right, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that um, but it's, it's interesting that you've got, you know, all the way from, so I think we covered all the way from artist, sculptor, artist, creative dude to the hunting dude and, and, and the, everything in between. So I think we ca captured a lot today. So it was yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, I really appreciate you being yeah. on the show. This has been fantastic. Um, it, it's great getting to know you a little bit more. Actually, this is, um, we we're talking like we know each other. We do through texting and stuff, but we haven't sat down to talk this much. No, this is cool. No, I, I like this. Yeah, no, it's really, really, really cool. I've enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks very much.
Hey, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, just I want to remind our, our guests that, you know, we have a sponsor, archerypass.com. Uh, make sure you check that, check those guys out. They're really good when you, um, um, if you're looking for trad gear here in the U.S., they're fast shipping. Um, you can go to archerypass.com. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for watching. Hunt the good stuff, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye.